Broadcasting from the tiny JLI studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. It's time for another edition of The Other Kind Radio. Welcome, kind listener. It's Sunday. It's early. I'm still trying to wake up. I got a little coffee here. I'll do my best to make sure you don't hear me uh, sipping on it. But uh, we're here today to record, do another show of The Other Kind Radio. I'm super excited. Uh, I think the show's starting to get some traction, which is good, right? Uh, today we're gonna we're gonna dis- discuss a couple things, but the main focus is gonna be on a uh, new Netflix series uh, that's been out for a little bit now um, that uh, focuses on a te- some television that uh, took place between 1986 and 1990, and I had to search my uh, my memories this and don't really have any uh any memory of it but uh, we're talking about glow glorious uh ladies of wrestling and uh, great show and uh we're gonna have todd here in a minute who's gonna go through with us and we're gonna do a little review uh we're also gonna go i've got a great app that i found out about recently that i think is worth mentioning to the kind listener is i think it will be useful and then uh, towards the end here, we're going to talk about an exciting uh, project that Todd has going on. Seems Todd, uh, at some point in his life, learned how to uh, write. And so he's uh, written a book, and it's available today, right now, right this second, uh, via Amazon. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to cover those things. Uh, as always, uh, thank you for joining us. At this point, let's go ahead and bring in the 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 co-host the man on a mission i I don't really have any superlatives for you but uh let's uh <laughs> let's give it I, up for todd i i'm just kind of overwhelmed to be a man on a mission <laughs> i i think i've lived my entire life to wait for somebody in fact i'm, I'm gonna cry <laughs> i am on a mission to not cry right now mm. well at some point sorry you caught me mid mid sip uh, well, that's okay because I've already finished three cups of coffee, so we're you? both a little jacked up on caffeine. Speaking of caffeine, uh, so you know, my father's uh, working, um, cut back on his work week, so he's a Tuesday through Friday. So Monday is our day that we try and go and do something. Well, there's this wonderful, wonderful uh, coffee place here in Omaha called Archetype. Um, don't mind giving them giving them a plug. Uh, so Pop likes to go there, and this is also a man who's who's always, you know, drank at least like seven cups of coffee, you know, his entire wow. life, and uh, or every day, should I say? And uh, they have a macchiato there that I I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue to really drink because um, we go and we have one, and then I'm just like flying for the rest of the day. My <laughs> thoughts are going a million miles an hour. No, I can't focus on anything. I'm just running around. It's it's nuts. So it's it's a lot like being in your presence for me. Once I'm around <laughs> you for a little bit, I'm flying. I'm nuts. Oh, I think, I, I think that's a compliment. I think that's a compliment. It, it is, but I also have to say to the kind listener, Jeff and I have known each other long enough that there's always that back and forth teasing, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of admiration and love too. So Absolutely. Well, before we just spend the rest of the show talking about how much we love each other, mm. um, <laughs> let's get on with the task at hand. Uh, again, it's uh, currently on Netflix. Um, it did uh, have a run uh, on, I just put broadcast television. I don't know. I know it was sold uh, to markets. So it wasn't like an NBC, CBS, ABC type thing. From 1986 to 1990, and that surprised me because I was 
pretty much their top demographic type of person back during those years and uh, would have appreciated uh, having some of this particular entertainment available at my viewing pleasure. Did you watch Glow when it was on originally? So, so I was so floored by this that when I even heard they were doing a Netflix show, I thought, oh, the glorious ladies of wrestling, this is made up. And then to see that it was based on something real, no, it never even hit anything with me. I was never a wrestling fan, but come on. Uh, in that at that era, I was freshly out of being a teen into 20s. I'm ready to look at ladies and spandex and whatnot. Yeah. I would have watched it. And Absolutely. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> right? Shame on us. Yeah. And I can't even blame it on the time that we were living in the mountains because this was uh, right around when we moved to uh, Omaha and had access to cable. Maybe maybe Omaha didn't pick it up. And we're also talking about a town here that when the first Hooters opened, there were um, large demonstrations uh, and uh, picketing against it. So maybe, really? yeah, maybe it did not uh, meet the moral standard of, of what's uh, what's on the table here. Well, and to be fair, I grew up in small town Texas, a, you know, a town of barely 20,000 people that it felt even smaller. And this kind of stuff would have been frowned upon there. Right. So maybe and that it, is maybe that's why neither one of us to really ever. Saw yeah, it. because it is. I mean, uh, um, getting to it a little bit later, there's actually a really good documentary on um, Glow that I watched uh, in preparation, and it was um, it was funny to see them on like uh, Phil Donahue and some of the other big talk shows at the right. time defending it and people being upset about how it was portraying women and everything. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll dive into that later. Um, basically, my my uh, my summary of the uh, uh, of the genre of this show is it's ladies wrestling meets League of Their Own meets Flashdance. Uh, meets Orange is the New Black, too, because it yes. is by the creators of Orange is the New Black. It definitely has that feeling of yes. let's put a lot of women together in a situation that you wouldn't normally think of them in. Yes. And it's yeah, – I think I think that's – you pretty much summed it up. So – yeah, and I was going to mention, uh, as going through my notes here, the producer uh, – one of the main producers is Mark Burley. And so he did do Orange is the New Black. He also uh, was involved with Weeds. And then if you look way back in his professional career, he actually was involved with the uh, television show The Incredible Hulk. So, mm. you know, he's the guy's been around. He's uh, especially around, uh, you know, dealing with the kind of live action Hulk tearing stuff up and everything. So right. um, then uh, uh, getting into the cast, um, probably one of my favorite characters that was, that was in there was of... Uh, 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 the character name is Sam Silva. He plays the director. And I guess at this time I can give the summary. So basically this show is about them putting together this, this glorious ladies of wrestling, including, including a crew call. Uh, and this is all, you know, a lot of, uh, I believe it takes place in LA. Uh, a lot of women that are just trying to get into acting, uh, get discovered, and uh, the basic story is how they take these uh, group of, of uh, unknown actors and actresses uh, and turn it into, uh, you know, this thing that they're going to produce. And, and wrestling at the right. time was at its height. And, you know, they, they saw an opportunity and tried to take it. Um, uh, anything you want to add on that as far as uh, what you no. noticed about the show being about? No, I think you I think you nailed it. I mean, you're looking at the fact that they took I mean, the, the show definitely takes an angle of having a center center care, a central character. Good Lord, I couldn't say the word central character mm -hmm. who has acting ability, right. while many of the others are people that don't necessarily have it. But it's an emergence tale. Every one of them finds out things about themselves. So it, I, 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 once again, Jeff, you're 100 percent on. If I can throw in one thing that I did want to say that. Yeah. And it's simply because I had listened to a podcast with the makers of it. Gingy Cohan, who is one of the – she's the showrunner of Orange is the New Black, was one of the executive producers of this. Oh, okay. And the two ladies – I'm looking up their names right now. Oh, good Lord, because I want the internet to move faster. <laughs> uh, Liz – and I'm going to say this wrong, so when she listens to this, because she will listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Liz – Flayhive and Carly Minch. Uh -huh. They are the showrunners. They had also worked with Gingy on Nurse Jackie. Ah. So 
they had all had a long history together of writing and creating. Yes, yes. And that's one thing. You bring up a good point. I like that, that, that Netflix is doing. Obviously, Mark Maron is involved in it. Mark mm-hmm. Maron had his own his own show that's still on Netflix. I really like that they're, they're kind of pulling some of their talent together and doing completely different pro, uh, projects. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a very interesting thing. Um, of where television and entertainment is going, I heard some. Re- I heard a really interesting uh, uh, bit on uh, NPR. Of course, you know NPR, you always have it on, and then you, you know you come in midway. So I don't know who was speaking, but um, uh, just talking about how you know the 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 major players that are are creating these television shows and everything are really finding themselves in a bind now because of of things like Netflix and Amazon, where they're able to get together and they get to cut through a lot of that red tape. That right. Normally, they the you know uh, channel or the the broadcast executives you know want to put their their foot down and say, you know, show about women that are you know wrestling. No, you know, but I like the, I like the variety, and, and that's one reason why Netflix is uh, is where it's at. Um, and and I agree with that, Jeff. I I think one of the exciting things is that. You don't hear. I, when was the last time in the pop culture world, at least in, in America, that you heard America going nuts about a television show that's on network television outside of things like The Voice or American Idol? Right. Uh, NCIS, when that first hit, may be the last one I can think of to where everyone was talking and watching it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but now, what hits the pop culture needle? Are shows like this where they're mm-hmm. taking chances. It's not another police procedural. It's not another drama in a hospital or firefighters, which seems to be all network television is willing to do is to stick to that 24 episodes a season. Yeah. Let's do a cop show. We're on the side. Uh, this person is a hooker. You know, they're, 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 <laughs> they, they twist like that. That's their idea of something yeah. new. Yeah. And it's not. It's no. just a rehash. These are fresh. They may be telling you some of the same stories. But at least it's in wrapping and that we haven't seen before. Right, exactly, and 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 that's really where I think you know uh, when when you know of course when we're we're discussing what shows and stuff we're going to talk about for this for this show, um, this wouldn't have been one that I immediately would have picked. But I'm glad that it, that that it was suggested because again, if you take the time, and that's the beautiful thing about what Netflix and Amazon, some of these other. Um, uh, independent, if you will, um, uh, producers of, of entertainment can do is, as, as a viewer, I can watch one show, I can watch two shows, but as soon as I'm not interested anymore, I can be done, but at least you have the access to that. And I think the number one thing here, too, that I've always said about the web is the most convenient thing is it's content when you want it, right? It's, I, it's I as much as you want or as little as you exactly. want. Exactly. And I don't have to be in my seat at 8 o'clock on a certain channel right. to watch this. I can watch it wherever I want. So. You nailed it. <laughs> so we'll get into the, the characters. Of course, as we mentioned, Mark Marin, who is known for his stand-up comedy, and he's uh, got his own uh, podcast and everything, uh, plays a uh, character by the name of Sam Silva. Uh, he is the director. Um, he's the guy that's going to kind of put everything together and uh, try and kind of get this uh, ragtag team of, uh, of actresses to come in and... Um, and put this uh, program together uh, very early in the show. It's made very clear that he has got a uh, cocaine problem. So there's uh, you know something for him to draw, draw you know draw upon as he's doing his character. Um, my favorite uh, moment was uh, and I'm going to play it here in a minute. These uh, clips that I'm going to play have been edited just for time, but uh, I, I thought uh, this is in the first first episode, the pilot. Uh, we get to meet uh, his character, and I thought he was brought in. Just, uh, just stunningly perfect. So take a listen. Oh, that's the wrong one, Jeff. How about this one? I didn't know we were supposed to wear costumes. <clears throat> okay. I said I'd do anything, so here we fucking are. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, ladies. Hello. I'm Sam Sylvia. Today we're just going to be doing first looks and first cuts. Are there sides? I didn't get any sides. All right, this is how this is going to go. All right, no more talking. Just sit there and look at me and smile, okay? <laughs> so, of course, that scene's when he's first coming in to, uh, to meet uh, the people that are, are auditioning for the part. But I thought his opening line, like, well, you know, I said I'd do anything, so here we fucking are. <laughs> And he has that attitude throughout. The, the thing yeah. the thing I loved about the character, for one, you hear the little sniffles there yes, of the, yes. the Coke user. And it's never overdone. You know, Marin no. even will admit he's not an actor. Uh, right. 
the first thing about him is not being an actor, but he he's freaking awesome in this. Yes. To the point that I've listened to his podcast many times because both you and our friend Steve have told me time and time again, listen to him. Yeah. I would try listening and, you know, his little diatribes at the first where he kind of goes off on stuff. Would, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying turn me off, but I was like, okay, I want to hear, I want to hear whoever it is. I want to hear you interview. Yeah. Well, he is so good in this, Jeff, that it has changed my perspective on that. Now I'm like, talk to me, keep going. I have a little bit of a man crush on him, <laughs> but, but you're right. In that moment, he, he comes out and that that line probably encapsulates everything about him. I say, you know, I basically said I would do anything. He is a filmmaker that wants nothing more than to make his visions, and he will do whatever it takes to get there, including directing women wrestling. Right, which I got the impression it was a definite step down. You know, this is this is he, he's obviously got a little little bit of an issue with with the cocaine, so mm-hmm. he's probably taken on this gig to support that. Um, every every instance he has a chance of during the show, he talks about the movies, and he's kind of a B, uh, B what is it B movie uh, or whatever. Or? No, let's say he's more of a D level. I mean, okay. these are some weird out there <laughs> crappy movies. De- De- Death at the Disco or something like that. Yes. Yeah. So you know, obviously he's he's trying to make it and everything. And one of the things that I really liked uh, uh, about his character is, of course, through the the development, and, and I believe it's ten ten or twelve episodes long, is you can see in the beginning he's very very resistant to really developing any kind of relationship with these uh, right. people that he's having to work with every day. He's very condescending. He's very sexist. But towards the end, as you would hope with any character development um begins to see uh that they that that they're working hard and and that they are giving everything they can and they believe in his vision and are willing to follow him wherever he he wants to take that to go i I think that's exactly it i I thought that uh and to mention another actor in this at this point allison brie who arguably is probably the star of the show she's the person that if you follow any uh, pop culture type things you might recognize her from mad men and from uh, community she she plays in the the one well her best friend is also an actor but she's the main person that has an acting background but that person who can't break into the business the, her relationship with the uh the Sam Sylvia character to me it's it's seeing him realize that maybe sometimes you can you can create art but oftentimes it's the connections that you create while creating art that bring more to it because he, I I don't think he ever saw any art in this, but he begins to see with her that something can be created that's worthwhile. So I thought to me, their relationship is what I kept coming back to over and over again. Uh, You just hit the nail on the head. Now, the only, the only thing I'll add to that is I did look through Alison Bree's IMDB page and we can't Mm -hmm. forget in 2009, she was in a, uh, little-known uh, show called Hot Sluts. So oh my. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we have that. But that was a perfect segue because the uh, uh, next clip that I've got, once again mentioned that I've edited down just a little bit, uh, is when Allison has her first interaction um, with, uh, with Mark Maron's character. Here we go. Ruth Wilder. Book took you. Yeah, it's a headshot. So what are you, like a, like a real actor? done a bunch of plays in Omaha at a little spot called the Blue Barn Theater. Do people think you're pretty? Because, like, I'm looking at you one second, I think, fuck yeah, she's hot. And then the next second, I'm like, I don't know, is she really? <laughs> I mean, you just have one of those faces. It kind of changes. Like, eh, mm, I don't know. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> So a couple of things I like about that clip. One, there is an actual community theater in Omaha called the Blue Barn. So really, yes. So I was I, I got geeky happy when I heard that. Nice. Um, but I really liked it, it, it. And you know the funny thing is, and, and I want to say this, and I don't want to offend uh, any of our kind listeners, but that actress that he's describing, as far as that, is in fact that type of face. Um, take it from somebody who has a face that's not at any time. Uh, uh, attractive or hot, but you know, she is, she's an actress that, um, there are scenes where she is, uh, very attractive and everything, but there are other scenes where, uh, you know, it, she has just that, I guess a different look to her. And I'm not trying, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to think that what I'm saying is she's unattractive, but I thought that was an interesting interaction between those two characters. Cause I thought there was some truth in there as well. 
Well, and I think it's a very brave thing that if you actually, and if you go look at her IMDb page, you'll see she's actually beautiful. Yes. She's married to yes. uh, James Franco's brother. I forget what his name is. I mean, if you saw her on Mad Men, if you saw her on Community, she is a, a, absolutely adorable. Yes. But what they do with, what they do in recreating the '80s here with the big over teased hair, the crappy makeup. Well, she's she's got the kind of crappy '80s hair, yeah. but almost no makeup, and it's, you know, it it's so easy to say it's a brave choice for an actor or actress to let themselves look like crap. Right. But for somebody that that has been her kind of calling card is this very cute, wholesome, and you know, I didn't watch a ton of Community, but she would have moments where it seemed like her character was this wholesome thing that would somehow have little innuendos and moments like that that make yeah. you go, oh, she doesn't realize what she's doing. But she steps into this, and she allows herself to look dowdy. She looks a mess. Her character's a mess. And, and he does nail it because, you, exactly, she's she's cute. But then you're looking like, oh, my God, does she even take care of herself at all? <laughs> well, you said it so much better than I did. But that's that's basically what's good. You're absolutely right. I mean, she's, she's a, a very talented, very beautiful uh actor and and uh, i just realized halfway through the show that i was still referring to them as actresses and i i should not be doing that i should Is be that, saying it, actors did, did we say actors instead of actresses I, I didn't know that i don't know i i <laughs> well, don't find you know i'm just I, I'm so worried that uh it's this coffee's making me worried about uh offending anybody but no you said well you, <laughs> you to, said to, to two to two points there jeff <laughs> I, I i i am never going to worry about being pc if somebody mm. wants me to say something call them the bowel means great i'll call you an actor if you're an actress and then i want to correct one thing after about six ipas you're as damn attractive as she is i'm just gonna say that <laughs> oh we're up to six now good 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 yeah good. I, for, I need that extra one the older i get wait, well i was gonna say for a while there we were 12 so it's it's going down <laughs> oh, uh, well. <laughs> but um yeah i mean I, I, I you you actually did a really good job there uh, describing and they did they, the purpose that they had and you're and you're right the credit there is to 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 the the people that are not on the screen that were doing everything they could to give her the, the, the crappy 80s hair and make her look like she was just, you know, at any moment could be, you know, homeless. Right. Um, there's this scene where, you know, she's real down and out and she, like, goes and buys some nachos and some skateboard punks come by and, like, steal her, her purse and her nachos right. and she's just, like, you know, beside herself. So she's, she's having a tough time. She's that character that, you know, still having to call mom and dad and say, can you forward me this money so that my phone doesn't get turned off? She's she's on the brink of giving up. And so just like Mark Maron's character where he'll do anything for his art, she's doing anything to survive to get a chance to do her art. Yes. So in a lot of ways, they're the same character just from different backgrounds. I like that. I like that. Now, the one thing that she has, uh, one thing Ruth Wilder has um, going for her is a very good friendship with her bestie, Debbie Egan, who's played by Betty Gilpin. Um, I believe that's how you say it. She'll call me um, if, if I'm, like you said, if uh, I mispronounce it. Uh, Betty's been wait, in a lot of wait, stuff. mispronounce it because we want her to call you. Oh, okay. Uh, Betty, Betty Gilpin. Galapalin. Yes. <laughs> um, now, I know Betty um, from Nurse Jackie. She's a very, very, very attracted, voluptuous woman um, yes. that... Uh, um, but, uh, you know, from her character in Nurse Jackie, while she played kind of a character that was a ditz, um, still had a lot of um, a lot of uh, depth, should I say, to just than what you see on the on the uh, on the surface. And, you know, she and and uh, Ruth, Ruth and Betty are, are best friends. There's a, a scene in the beginning uh, first episode where they're in the car and they're talking about, you know, trying to get the careers going again an important thing for us to know about debbie egan is that she was once a uh, on a big time soap and if i'm remembering this correctly i don't, did she have a big recurring character or she just was somebody that was in a coma or they, they kind of she had a over. character that you kind of get the idea that she pissed off the writers and that they quickly put her in a coma right okay there you go because she does have kind of that attitude of of uh she's definitely a very big fan of herself um, yes, she is. Yeah, so I could see where, you know, she maybe got a scene and didn't like it and said something, and the writers were like, well, we'll just put you in a coma. Right. Um, she's recently, uh, her character has recently had a baby, and uh, her husband, to bring in um, a little more Mad Men ties, uh, yes. and I don't have his his name handy. I apologize. I'm looking, I'm looking for oh, it. Cool. You go ahead and do what you do, he, and I'll find it. In, in Mad Men, he played one of the, uh, he, was one, he was the media 
uh, guru who so so back in Mad Men, you know, television, everything was still kind of kind of coming in and how they would market and everything. And he's kind of a bigger guy, uh, a little husky, if you will. Um, I think Rich Summer. There you go, Rich Summer. Um, I think they casted him well in this um, to yeah. be a man that um, um, isn't necessarily would be considered, and I'm I'm not saying this about him personally, but wouldn't be considered a, a catch. I guess the the proper phrase that I'm trying to think of is he definitely married up. You look at the two of them and you think that while she may have a very high approval rating of herself. He, they definitely got married before her ascension to even being in a coma on a soap opera because he, he you know, he's he's a pleasant looking fellow, but he's a little more doughy. He's yeah. not this striking, handsome thing, but they are married and they have a child together. Yes. And so early on in the first episode, uh, we catch up with Ruth Wilder in her apartment. She's made a phone call asking for some money, and there's a knock at the door, and it's a man. And uh, she's a little hesitant, but they uh, end up uh, uh, doing the no pants dance. And uh, then through a series of, of uh, additional scenes, we learn that um, that man that she's uh, um, having intimate relations with is actually Debbie's husband. And so our next click that I also, again, edited down is uh, kind of what I felt was the first real dramatic scene uh, for Betty Gilpin um, when she uh, shows up uh, at training when all the other uh, GLOW wrestlers are, are learning their moves. She shows up and confronts um, confronts Ruth Wilder, and I was impressed with uh, the emotion and kind of where she took this scene because it would be easy just to, to freak out, but here we go. Fucking kill you. Debbie, what are you doing? Don't play dumb, homewrecker. Husband, fucker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Did you sleep with Mark? I want to kick your ass. And then I never want to see you again. No! Come on. I'm not going to fight you. Fight or do it. This is real. Who the fuck cares? A rather intense me- scene that I thought was given some nice uh, levity by uh, a couple of the uh, ongoers at the end where, where they're asking, is this real? And she's like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it with all the other lady wrestlers kind of watching, yes, and, and yes. you're absolutely right. I think a, a nice nod goes to the director, and I had to look up who it was at the pilot. His name is Jesse Peretz, and he apparently worked with them on Nurse uh, Jackie. Oh, okay. His his handling of that, and he's also a producer uh on girls so the guy has some some street cred there but um his handling of that and what the actors gave to him it's outstanding i think that time and time again you see that that they're making choices on this you you go to mark maron's character you could have him being over the top constantly sniffling but it isn't that there's so much more to these characters that is at least lying underneath i'm not saying that they aren't occasionally caricatures but it's only 10 episodes in and you know that every one of them has a story they can open up into right right and I, I've kind of chosen to, to to focus on these three and and you bring up a good point um, there are a, a whole slew of other uh, uh, characters that are in there that have their own little uh, nuances if you will that they add and bring to the team and I and by not discussing all of them I don't want uh, the kind listener to think that in any way they're not worth mentioning it's just that no. uh, Todd and I have only so much time um, but I wanted to at least give you, you know, the kind of the root of the three. So, you know, once once you meet them, then you kind of get introduced to the to the other ones. And uh, I found it uh, an enjoyable uh, group. There's uh, two that are kind of besties. And uh, after watching the Glow documentary, these these two uh, women actually uh, did exist. Um, they're kind of like you know best friends. They're obnoxious. There's a scene where they're um, so they decide to set up. Uh, the common living quarters at like an old hotel, uh, and actually I should say motel. And um, so these two are, you know, smoking weed and and calling up and saying, (laughs) hey, is your refrigerator running? Well, you better, you know, all the old ones. Um, But but later they actually uh, play these two old ladies uh, when they come in with walkers and stuff, and they were like 26 at the time, so they have makeup on. 
but they would like you know do the old like you know I can't hear you you know I'm gonna wrestle and they yell insults and do all this stuff and uh, like I said after watching the documentary. Um, they actually did that, um, which, of course, was different for its time and, and everything else. Um, so th- that, uh, those two, along with uh, the other um, variety of personalities and everything, was, was really refreshing, and I enjoyed kind of learning about each of those characters. You're absolutely right, but to be completely in line with what you're saying, by saying that you chose to focus on these three is 100% clear that these three people are the leads of this season. Right. I, I think you're always going to have Mark Marin and Allison Brie be the leads of the show. Um, I imagine they'll continue to focus on Debbie as well. Uh, Miss Galapin, was that her? Galapin? Galippin? <laughs> gonna, 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 gonna give us a call and tell us. I don't know. Yes, please do. <laughs> My number is... Uh, anyway. So the, the show definitely focuses on that relationship the most. There are other people that stand up. That is the main thrust of it. Um, the other ladies are fantastic. There, there. A lot of them are played for comic relief. There are th- things that are pay- played for a little bit of the emotional payoff. There are some characters who have things you realize that in subsequent seasons they're definitely going to explore. But those three people are probably what you should focus on when you talk about the show at this point. Right. Right. Exactly. And and uh, you know, uh, over the course of since we've last uh, broadcast in this time, I, I went to uh, you know uh, how to review one hundred and one dot com. And so uh, following in line with that, you know, um, the script writing, I mean, um, I'd be interested. You're, you're much more familiar with, with the art of that than I am, as you've actually uh, done some yourself. W- what, did you, what did you feel? Did you feel that it kept its, its strength? Did it waver? I, for me, I, it, it's kind of hard because the thing that surprised me is that it's, it's a short – the shows are short. They yes. are not – they are not, you know, what you kind of come to expect often with these hour plus shows. Yeah. Instead, they're they're thirty ish minutes. I I think for that because I'll be honest, I I can't. I've gotten to the point where I get a lot of crap from a lot of friends. They'll say, "Are you watching Big Bang Theory? Are you watching this?" No. That I can't. I can't watch thirty minute scripted shows because they become so cookie cutter. Yeah, it's almost like listening to. Um, new kids on the block and expecting to get moved by a new song. It's not, it's, it's very tried and true formula. Here's what this happens. Here's what this is. It's the same with that kind of thing. So I think from that perspective, it's a 30 minute comedic drama. And I think they do a fantastic job of keeping that, of keeping the momentum going. I know I've read some people online that kind of thought that it, it places in the middle of it, that it slowed down. I didn't think that I I'm the kind of person and you know, this Jeff that I do like, in television or cinema when you you stop telling me a story you stop doing the developments to teach me a character moment even if it's somebody's frailties that are examined just for a moment that may pay off later because what you do to me and i think that they did a great job with this is exposing just like we talked about with allison Bree's character when she can't pay her bills and she has to call mom and dad that has nothing to do with our narrative push but it has everything to do with her character and who she is where she is right mark maron's character we know his cocaine problem we know that he wants to be a respected film director we know these things again it's not our narrative push but it's our character and i I think these ladies uh leading up this writing room do a fantastic job with that with understanding you have to take the time to develop character if you want to tell a story I agree with you, and I, and what I what I tell people whenever I'm talking about a new show that I'm watching, you know, if it's a half hour, I tell them it's it's very easy to to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's thirty minutes; it's not a long time. Um, you know, and and, and I agree with you. It's, it's, it at times can become cookie cutter, but at least, you know, for me, there's something in being able to watch it and and while have a continuing storyline, at least have. Um, something that you can watch and enjoy and, and have a little bit of closure on, you know, to the forever uh, cliffhanger. Um, but I, I think that they, what I liked about the show was the fact that um, there wasn't a lot of what I, what I will call wasted uh, space no. or wasted right. time. Um, even on, and I know, uh, you know, feel free to email us here, uh, TOK radio, the other kind of radio, actually it's TOK radio at gmail.com, um, to, to fill me with your, with your bows and with your arrows. You can't fill me with bows and arrows, just the arrows. Technical. Wait, we're filling you with your arrows? Yeah. I, <laughs> ooh, go ahead. Um, that's one of the problems I have with game of thrones. <laughs> 
It's one of really? the problems I have with some of those other like super monster ones is I can't tell you, and it might be my only my my own mental uh, inability, but I can't tell you how many times I've watched an episode, and I'm like, there are like two things that happened for the hour I just watched. You know, such and such got found out that they were really a, a lobster. And, you know, Bob lost his wallet. And I'm like, that's that's what we had. In Game of Thrones, I mean, you have great episodes like The Red Wedding where you're just like left and you're like, oh, my God. But then for me, there's like three or four episodes after that where, you know, you, you I, for me, I just don't feel like a lot happened. And, and I don't want to get off, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. on other shows and, and start talking that. But And I'm probably the exact opposite. I, I occasionally, to a fault will allow a show as long as it's developing a character, as long yeah. as it's telling me something that will be used yeah. to help me. Because you know what that does, and I, I don't know that I don't want this to sound elitist. I don't mean it's <laughs> but I don't know a lot of people think or think or care like this. But what it's doing is it's it's peppering you for later that you'll you begin yes. to anticipate how they're going to act. Right. And that's that's part of the involvement of the story. I you know, as an aside I, I told Jeff that I went to see Dunkirk last night. I'm sitting next to this lady who's talking to her husband all the time. Uh, She's not feeling any of this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking this kind of stuff is meant for you to feel like you're a part of it. Yes. And so I, I, she's missing that. I think for me on game of Thrones, I get that. I can understand. I know you, I understand why they don't work yeah. for you. I do think this show is very lean Yeah. In, in the sense that you're right. It's easily consumable. I think they do a great job of giving just enough of those moments, but also there's a lot of comedic relief. There's yes. some dramatic tension. There's heartbreaking stuff. Right. I, I, going back to the writing, I think that I can't, I can't really fault a single episode for its writing. I really can't. Good. Good. And I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you on that. And, and, and then, you know, moving from the writing to the acting, um, Obviously, you know, like you said, we've got uh, Mark Maron, who who isn't known for his uh, acting ability, but he he, you know, it's one of those things. If you can only do one thing well, then you know, do that one thing. And he plays the coked out, self absorbed, angry, with just a little bit of silver lining of of yes. a real human being, um, very very well. Um, and it never becomes cartoonish. It it, no. it isn't that. It's just. This guy is putting a lot of stuff around his exterior, essentially, in my opinion, to keep people at bay. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, he shuts out the world because of his disappointment. He shuts out the world because he's a disappointment to people. Right. And and he's I think he's fantastic. To me, he's the person that I was just shocked by throughout it going, oh, my God, he's so much better than I ever expected. Yes. Yes. He he, he does a great job of, of uh, really, you know, making that character believable and, and somebody that uh, – while I've never uh, tried to produce uh, women's wrestling or had a <laughs> uh, cocaine uh, issue, somebody that you can find parts of his personality and his thinking that you can identify with. And anytime right. you get that accomplished, then then you know you obviously have done your job. For me, my my breakout only because I I, I you know um, don't know her very well. I I would even have to go back and see what character she played on Mad Men, but was 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 Allison. Um, I think that uh, I think she was asked to do a lot. Now, not to take anything away from 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 Mark, but you know, she, boy, she really had to be a little bit of everything in this, and and yes. and you know, the, really in a short period of time. I mean, Mark Maron walks in with that one clip I played, and you know everything you need to know about him. You know, here we are. I said I'd do anything, so here we are. You know, right? And then they start asking questions, and he's like, no, shut up. This is how it's going to work. So right there, you're like, okay, we get this guy. Um, with uh, Allison, um, you had to, of course, that's where the flash dance come in because it felt very flash dance. She's trying to, she's trying to get, her, get her game going and everything. But she also had to help uh, wrap the, all the other characters around too. And at the same time, her big issue is trying to find a wrestling persona. And she wants to be loved so much, and she wants people to accept her so much. And in the beauty of the irony, the character that she ends up uh, uh, creating and using is to be hated by everybody. And there's a wonderful moment where uh, uh, Mark Marin says... And I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says uh, the devil always has the best lines. 
Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Something along that. Yeah, and I thought that was great. And so she, we get to see her change from wanting to be a a character that people would cheer for and 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 a lot of admiration and stuff and feel some some of that space that's in her in her heart coming to terms and realizing that she's going to have to play this character that nobody's going to like and how do you turn that around and have the same satisfaction uh playing somebody that that you know everybody boos versus somebody that everybody cheers you know you bring up a couple of really good points and i'm going to start by jumping back to the show asks her to be our central character that we care about because she is a, a very she's a very tiny person. Yes. I think she's only around five foot two. She has a very delicate face, even though th- we talked about that they kind of uh, they kind of pretty her down. Yeah, uh, she's still the sweet character. She wants to be successful. She wants to be liked. And I really hadn't thought of it just in the simple terms of what is her desire is to be liked, and what does she what what she get by the end of it to be disliked? Right. But now she's achieved something because she's becoming what she wants to be. And, and you're right. She is probably asked by, to do more as an actor than anybody else because it's the sweet girl trying to get ahead. It's the friend who slept with the friend's husband. It's here are the 20 personas I'm going to take on and act like. And she does a very convincing job with everyone she does. She she is fantastic. I think that I had a lot more exposure, you know, and to tell you on Mad Men, she – she had a very small role. She was the wife of someone. Oh, um, oh, that's right. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, she was the wife of the the guy that was a real piece. jerk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's very sweet and very wholesome there. But then you get her on Community where she's, you know, it's a sitcom. And she is allowed to be sweet and cute. So she's always doing this sweet and cute. She can pull that off. And I swear I read this somewhere that one of the reasons she wanted to do the show so badly was the the, the chance to kind of step out of what everyone expected of her as an actress and and she is very very good in the show i don't want to take anything away from her it was just that for me mark maron i didn't expect anything yeah yeah um and and and, and, I, and that flows right on to uh betty uh google galasen then um, yes uh again um her character was in not to take away she did, had a fantastic uh, uh uh did a fantastic job of of emotional range yes. <clears throat> you know if, for most people if you say you know hey okay so the scene is you're confronting your best friend who slept with your husband um there are a lot of ways you could play that and i think a lot of people would 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 do a lot more um screaming and yelling which there was in that scene and i had to edit it down just for the show and some of it really wouldn't flow well on uh, on uh, this type of medium but what I really liked about that scene was um, you know she she did a really good job of, of translating all of those mixed emotions and you could see during that scene she would go from angry to shocked to hurt I mean all within a few seconds right in front of you and I thought you know that of course takes a, a, a lot of discipline as, as far as an actor and everything and making sure that you um, are hitting those beats right and not overdoing or overplaying as a particular part of it. Um, but again, getting back to talking about character and, you know, again, trying to explain what Allison Bree's character was doing takes a little bit. Betty's uh, would be a little easier, just saying, you know, best friend slept with your husband. You're kind of a washed out actress that wants to get back out, needs admiration, and so, you know, takes some convincing to get into this wrestling. And I think I think the one thing she does wonderfully, Jeff, is that, you know, they often talk if you read about acting of what's happening in the eyes. And it's not just who you're looking at. Are you participating in the scene? But is there something going on within your mind that's conveyed through yours? And I yeah. think her level of her her eyes constantly convey the hurt that her character is is carrying my best friend slept with my husband my husband slept with my best friend i am on a soap opera but i'm humiliated by putting it being put into a coma i'm humiliated that i've been put into a wrestling show right she does a fantastic job of internalizing her moments and you're absolutely right what she could do then when she gets a scene as juicy as that is to just explode yeah but instead that internalized anguish is there and it's still bottled up and it still pulls at her where she just tugs back just a little bit she yeah. she's great in the show too yeah so, I mean, you know, obviously script writing was good, acting's good, and like we said, it's, it's easy to digest. Um, so, you know, overall, uh, this is definitely a show that I have, uh, in, in my cir- small circle of friends, have, have recommended. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm giving it a, 
Uh, you know, and I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't really want to do stars or thumbs up or thumbs down or whatever, but you know, I'm, I'll give it a I'll give it a solid recommendation um, for people to to go in and watch. And and you know, sometimes it's okay to invest the five hours. I think it's I think it's ten episodes or twelve five hours plus to uh, a program like this, and not necessarily have to walk away like you were watching one maybe one of the other big budget shows that, that that's out now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, um, obviously, uh, you enjoyed it too. So, uh, getting a recommendation from you as far as this? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I okay. it's one of those that I watch so much television. I watch so many movies that I'm thrilled to have a show that whenever it comes back will be easily consumed. I can participate in it. I can look forward to it, but I don't have to devote days and days and days and days to watch it so anybody that wants something like that easy to chew i would definitely say jump in you won't be disappointed it, and, and you bring up a good point i don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole but it will be interesting to see what they do in the second season because yeah. the end shot um is basically those two characters still trying to reestablish the best friend uh, De uh debbie and, and ruth trying to reconnect um after after you know having a successful uh wrestling match um, so I, you know, I'll, I should know within, you know, one or two episodes of the next season, how, how, how much time I'm going to invest in continuing, but I'm very happy with the first season and thought it was done really well in the same breath for those kind listeners that go ahead and uh, take Todd and I's recommendation and, and watch the show. It's also, uh, and I, don't, I couldn't decide whether it would be best to do before or after, but definitely check out, just type in glow and search and you'll see the documentary. Uh, on it and it's uh, very interesting and, 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 and I think for, for that actually being a show and then excuse me um, the, the, the obviously to come in and do the television show and keep it so close uh, deserves a, a tip of the cap as well because uh, they could have gone a number of ways with it and I think it's, it's, I think it's very honest yeah and the documentary and I've, I've actually just to kind of keep myself in the mode of it I've had it on the, the television the whole time we've been talking just oh. so I could see it in the background <laughs> and it's actually called Glow the Story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling so it's truly it's a hundred, it's a documentary I want to say it's uh, I'm looking right here it's an hour and 16 minutes so it's rather short but yeah it shows exactly what you're talking about it actually shows a lot of the real footage it shows them on the Donahue show it shows them on uh, uh, Match Game all these kind of things that yeah. again I didn't realize it hit into the pop culture the way it did but what they do a fantastic job in the show is evoking exactly what you see in this real footage, which is dressing the, the 80s dress, the look of these ladies doing this, all these kind of things. Yes, they 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 uh, take two characters and make them into one. They do all this kind of stuff, and, and they're fictitious names. I'm sure they didn't want to have to clear it and go for the legalities of that, but to me, it's a great companion piece. If you enjoy the show, you're going to enjoy watching this and of course jeff right now while i'm watching this in the documentary there's one lady that gets her elbow just torn up and, yes. and they show it again and again that's what i'm watching and i'm sitting here going oh my <laughs> god i don't need to see this today. anyway i chickened out and fast forward through that part i uh had a quick a quick uh counsel in my brain and i was like do we need to see this and everybody was like mm, no we're good so i just fast forwarded past it. i'm never the person that can look at the broken leg over and over to oh, no. i'm like okay no yeah. all right well so you know hey um uh, Glow, Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. Give it a watch. It's uh, good. I, I think it's it's worth checking out. Um, as I said at the beginning of the show, there is an app. So for everybody that has any kind of smartphone, uh, you might want to check this out. Uh, so, Todd, I don't know how many times you've been in a sporting bar or a sports bar or some type of uh, environment where maybe there's a game or something that's on uh, one of the TVs and you just are wishing that you could hear what they were saying. Okay. There's a wonderful app out there called Tunity and that's T U N I T Y. So go to your Apple play store app thing and type that in the search bar. And what this does, the way this app works is you open it up. And by the way, folks, it's free. Um, you open it up, you point your smartphone like you're taking a picture at the screen, hit a button and it scans what's on the television. Hmm. And then shortly thereafter, it'll tell you what, you know, it'll know what region you're in. It'll know uh, what you're watching. And then you can listen to the audio. The beautiful thing uh, that they do is they do give you the ability to 
uh, backup or fast forward because obviously it's not going to be in sync. It takes a little bit of time, um, meaning, you know, if you pay attention to it in 30 seconds or so to get it synced up. But once you do, you're basically watching the television and hearing the audio through your smart device. Um, was recently in Boston on business and was sitting at the hotel bar uh, watching the uh, uh, Yankees take on the Red Sox. And a father-son duo was there, and the father was just kind of bummed out because he couldn't hear what the commentators were saying. And uh, so I busted that out, and, and uh, we were able to listen to the show. So worth checking out. Tunity, if you, like I said, you go to sports bars or you're ever in a situation where you want to be able to hear what's going on the screen, not always guaranteed, but uh, I'd say 85 90% of the times I've used it, um, whatever I've wanted to listen to uh, has been available. Which it's... Uh for those of you who are like me or not an Apple person, it is available on the Google Play Store as well. Uh, yes, I failed to mention that. Yes, it's it's Android and Apple. Android and evil Apple. I'm one of the evil evil Apple people. Evil, so. evil. Uh, Tunity, check it out. I wanted to make, uh, make sure that uh, they were mentioned, and um, uh, I think it's a useful app there. So uh, moving on, I mean, this is the most exciting thing I've wanted to talk about on this show because we've <laughs> promised Todd to do it like – two or three times, and uh, every time I've forgotten, so I have it in bold, um, to talk about this project that you have uh, are working on and have completed and um, are very proud of. Tell me about what you've got going on with uh, with Amazon and your, your writing skills. So um, probably, I mean, it, it seems like yesterday, but probably about two years ago, a friend came to me, and um, he knew that I had studied screenwriting, that I tried to make attempts to be successful, which, you know, I was one of the thousands, possibly millions who tried to do it. And without connections, without avenues for it, you, you get lots of promises of, oh, that's great. Let's make a movie, even if it's independent. And of course, that always falls through. So I just sort of chalked it up that, hey, I understand the craft. I have a pretty good idea of how to do writing, how to tell stories. It'll just be a, a skill I have that I don't really utilize. Well, this friend came and said, I have a story idea. Have you ever considered writing a book? And I said, well, yeah, I have. And I thought he was just going to want me to give him pointers on developing characters. He said, I'm not a writer, but if I told it to you, would you tell me? He tells me this story then that is – the Bible is envious of this story. It was so big. Whoa. Um, and I went and I said, well, dude, you got so much there that, that – that's not just a series of books that that's so much that it, you'd be writing that for a life. However, there's this one part that he, he wanted to, he wanted a dystopian future, which fits in, you know, one of the things I look at immediately is if I'm going to waste my time doing this, is it easily marketable? So dystopian works right now. Okay. So let's, it, let's, I'll be completely honest. What does dystopian mean? Dystopian is a lot like the hunger games. It's like Logan's okay. run. It's that whole idea where, uh, the future, something's gone wrong, and every and society's rules are broken. Okay. So he comes to me and said, that's what I want is dystopian. Uh, these people are fighting a war to the point where they don't know why they're fighting. And I think, well, that's, that's kind of interesting just because, you know, we, we have so much war and so much hatred going on. If you start taking away the ideologies of characters and why they fight, how do you get them to continue fighting? Well, as we talked, I became interested because he wanted, again, this this war, and he wanted two soldiers, one from each side, isolated, and put together. And I said, well, there's a movie called Enemy Mine that that's a lot mm -hmm. like. But, yep. but you can you know, you know can go to any movie. You can go to Star Wars and say, well, that's all like uh, Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. Or you can say Jaws is a lot like King Kong, really, when you get down to it. What? Um, yeah, Jeff, ja I ja you. No, what? Jaws? Yes, Jaws and King Kong, very, very similar. Oh, wow. Never thought of it that way. I always thought it was like a shark and an ape. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I, I'm simply talking about a threat <laughs> lurking somewhere that they have to go along with. But when you get down to it, that right. storytelling, and, and there are so many people who have broken this down that say storytelling has maybe uh, 25 concepts that you tell again and again and again. It's when you put other elements together. So with this friend, I took his idea, and I said, you know what? Sure, I'd like to try and write this. And we we, we did this book. He, he gave me the story. I helped him flesh it out. And then I wrote the book, and it's called The Risen. And the Risen. It is based, okay. The Risen. It is two young men. One is a, a soldier and the other a medic from the other side. I decided I didn't want just simply soldiers. I wanted somebody that was meant to save lives. Um, when it came down to why are they fighting, I at that time, Google Glass, which I'm sure you're, you're well acquainted with, mm -hmm. but for the, the listener who doesn't remember it, was Google's 
pretty failed attempt to take the ability to connect to information and put it on a, a pair of glasses so that the information is in front of your eye all the time. And I don't know if you saw this, but did you see that they're they're coming out with version 2.0 right. of Google Glass? So I, I was pretty intrigued by that because I started thinking, well, there are a lot of people that hated the fact that I'm walking around with information where I can be spying on you or taking pictures I don't know about. But there right. are also the people are like, it's a constant flow of information. Mm-hmm. You're not experienced in the world. So I came up with a device that they wear these monocles that simply tell them who to hate. They aren't told why to hate or Ooh. what they're supposed to do. They wear them and they fight. Well, when something goes wrong on the battlefield, these two people are separated and have to survive on their own. And we begin the, – the story truly is finding out why, why the information is being fed through that monocle, who they're supposed to hate, what's actually being done to them. You know, you, you have to have that kind of twist, that kind of what's really going on here. Right. So so we, we wrote that, released it. It's been on Amazon. I've subsequently written a, um, a short story that kind of explains – some elements from the first book uh not that you know in my opinion they don't need to be explained but it was just one of those as a writer you'll write the backstory of a character and i thought well that's actually kind of a cool story so i wrote a short story called a shared fulcrum that to get that you have to come to our website which is lifetimeswar.com that's the war they're fighting in is the lifetimes war Mm. and so this all takes place in a gym Oh my God! Thanks for just ruining that. But now every time I ever write that, I'm gonna look and go, "Oh crap! They're in the gym again." Um, it's my turn to get onto the treadmill. My monocle which, says it's not. What will which happen I have to next? Tell you, my daughter recently with LA Fitness looked at it and said, "Why is it Law Fitness?" Law Fitness. Like, oh, sh- oh shit. <laughs> um, but getting back to it, so so I'm I'm just over halfway through the second novel, which is called The Forgotten Few. And the, the plan is pretty much to finish that one. There's going to be another short story between the two and then to write the third as of yet untitled novel and call this a wrap. But, you know, after that, what I actually plan to do is take some of the screenplays that I wrote a while ago and turn them into novels and just try to get it out so somebody will read what I wrote. We've even discussed doing a, a radio uh, drama, which yes, I would have. love to do. That would be a lot of and fun. So I brought it up to Jeff that, you know, I, I, I don't want to just do audio books. Uh, I'm very intrigued by the idea of doing something that harkens back to yesteryear but brings yes. it into present day. And, you know, Jeff is so expressive in so many things. I, I want him either to be – I can't decide whether he's the narrator, narrator or one of my favorite characters who's the smarmiest of people, right? which kind of says what, something about what I think about Jeff. But I'm pretty smart. You know, yeah, but that's, that's pretty <laughs> much, much it. It's, it's, a, it's a fun project. I've started it. If I was a true friend and not quite so swarmy, uh, I would have finished it. I need to sit down and do it. I'm a big, big audio book guy just because I can get on a plane, uh, you know, with my travels and just pop something on. But I need to, I need to sit down and just read a chapter a night. Uh, I think I've gotten through the first chapter and it, it is well written. And and for the kind listener out there, um, definitely worth checking out and and worth supporting. I think. Last I checked, the uh, to get a copy on Amazon, it was I think it was like three or four thousand dollars. I can't remember what the price point was. Uh, is that right? Well, for our for our kind listeners, I'll take it down to fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars? Okay. I actually think it's worth it, or it's uh, you got it. What is it? A dollar? Is it still a dollar? Well, well, so Amazon. That's you know, and we won't even get into this, but you, <laughs> you learn a lot about how their thing works. That if you just leave it at one price point, the book basically vanishes it doesn't uh-huh. you kind of switch it around so right now we've taken it up three bucks simply because i am planning sure right before the next book to do a special on it and take it down to 99 cents and get it out there for people you yeah. know before the next book comes out and do a lot of promotion behind it but look if anybody's listening to this and they want a copy of it for 99 cents or they want it for free i just want people to read it yes go to lifetimeswar.com get in touch with me and i'll gift you a copy of it perfect perfect and it is it is worth checking out i'm uh really excited that you're doing that and and i hope uh you know i hope it uh, grows and grows and grows and grows because uh um, you know, if there is a time, and you kind of mentioned your 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 dive into independent film, and I know even back then with like Project Greenlight and everything, that the independent film was really kind of coming out on its own. But I think that um, those those possibilities and and the 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 different uh, avenues of that you can go down to try and get some of that stuff produced are growing and growing, 
and I and I admire your your uh, commitment to to sometime some somehow and sometime doing that because I I think that uh, we're getting close we're getting close to it I think that um, the grip that the big three broadcasting companies and even some of the big uh, uh, movie producing uh, conglomerates are starting to loosen their grip or lose their grip a little bit on 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 really dictating what gets what gets produced and everything so I, I agree with you and I will say this and this is. This is where the, the kind listener, as you put it, so lovely. They're going to hear me pull back the veil and just be a friend for a second. You know, there yeah. were all those times in, in yesteryear when I was trying to do this and you had a girlfriend at the time that kept saying to me, you and Jeff should try to do this together. I think you guys would be great. So this is what I'm going to say to you. I Once I get through these books, I swear to you, Jeff, you and I are going to write a screenplay together because I have an idea that I've oh. always at before, and I think you you would be the perfect person back and forth with me as voice. Cool. We're, we're going to do that, and if we like it, Jeff, we're going to go produce the film and make it ourselves because you're right. It is so cheap now to shoot this stuff digitally and yeah. to do it on your own. Yeah. There's no reason we shouldn't, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And and, and to, to further the, the veil of pulling back, I mean, that's, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing The Other Kind Radio. It's something that... Um, you know, back at, at a particular point in my life, uh, uh, Steve and, and, and another guy, and then you were brought in, you know, this is, this is, this is what I love doing and, and all the work and, and everything I do that's, that's not considered this enjoyable, uh, is, is put to this, this, this moment where we get to sit and talk and you and I have had deep conversations about, you know, what, what we want and, and what we want to do. And, and I really, I really, really liked, uh, the conversation that you and I had where, you know, I'm always overcritical and wanting to, to edit and fix and all this stuff. And, and I really liked it when you just said, you know, just put it out there. So, uh, absolutely. That's, that's why we're doing this. And I would welcome any other projects with you as well, because, um, uh, you know, we're getting to that point. Maybe, maybe it's uh, getting a little older, a little wiser, but you kind of say, "Fuck it," you know, I'm just going to put it out there. If we have six listeners, if we have six million listeners, it's still going to be right. the same show. We're just going to continue to to talk about uh, pop culture and entertainment right. and whatnot. So, uh, I'm right well, there with you, I, brother. I promise this to you. Then, with the next few weeks, you're going to get that synopsis in the in the uh, email, okay. and eventually, we're going to be talking to kind listener about this this film we wrote together and we're producing. So beautiful. And then, and then we can review it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't know that's how that works, Jeff, but I like I like the way you're thinking. I do. I, like, Man, I think this is great. This is like the next like uh you know, Star Wars. Uh sp <laughs> speaking of which, we we are now at our uh one hour minute, our one hour time frame. So we'll we'll go okay. ahead and start to shut things down. I tried, I sat, I sat, I thought I could not come up with anything to uh, leave our kind listeners with that we may discuss next time. So, uh, do you have anything that you were you were looking at? Uh, if not, uh, you know, we can maybe discuss. Do you? Is there anything that you're well, excited about? Well, God, there's always I'm always going to find something excited about. Right now, I'm so consumed with Game of Thrones, I'm not watching anything oh, else. But, okay. Oh, and trust me, my little boy fantasy self is stuck in that world and i'm just i'm eating it up but uh you know and, and maybe this isn't what you wanted to do but i think this is a great time in moments like this where we may not have a hey i'm watching this show yeah yeah you you discussed listening to songs and sharing that do you want to try doing that for the next episode and, and break down a song or two let's do that let's do that let's uh so the next time we broadcast the kind listener there's a couple things to keep in mind and i'm not going to run too far down the road but uh we are going to start broadcasting live on twitch uh uh, we this this particular d way that we're delivering our content is uh, is not my favorite. I like a live broadcast. We actually were streaming audio back before the podcast actually got big. Um, yep. So we're going to use Twitch. Todd and I are going to broadcast live, and uh, so yeah, let's do that next show. Um, you'll break down a song, and uh, I'll bring a, a song and break it down, and uh, we'll just see how do that goes. Do you want goes. to announce what those are now? Do, do you have a song in mind you want to do? Absol for a song. Absolutely. I'll let you go first. What song do you want to do? Well, because I, I, you know, and you know this as well as any of my friends, I am a Bruce Springsteen fanatic, and I'm going to offer not one that everybody in the world is going to go, oh, that's what he's going to do, but it is from his What's considered as a breakout album, Born to Run, I'm going to say we do Thunder Road off oh, of that album. Thunder Road, good, good song. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of different layers as far as that. Yes. 
Uh, I think for my first song, you know, and it took me a while to try and, and, you know, I've really tried to put some thought into it, but I, you know, it came down to Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. Um, that, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Jeff, it is why I love you, yeah. because you constantly do that shit, and it just makes me laugh. Thank you. I think I'm going to do... Uh, I think I'm going to do the the Pretender by Jackson Brown, something that uh, uh, I've been listening to, and and you know while he didn't have the the huge success that some of his uh, uh, co uh, artists and 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 performers had in his time period, uh, he still was well well known for his lyrics and 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 helping other uh, particular artists out in doing that. So. We'll do that. We will do. Awesome. Uh, we'll break it down. We'll come up with something uh, fancy or, or fun to say, and, and we'll do that. Todd, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the conversation. Of thank you, Jeff. Love you, brother. Love you too, brother. And thank you to the kind listener. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. I, this I've always never. I've always never. That's always a good sentence. I've never been a fan of trying to get people to follow or or like or whatever, but. Uh, I think it's uh, part of the duty to at least uh, put it uh, put it out there. Uh, I am trying to uh, keep up the Twitter feed, so you know, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we have a very boring, non-excitable Facebook page. Probably another thing that any marketing person would say not to do. Um, and then, of course, at the uh, bottom of the page uh, that you're listening to right now. Um, you can send us an email if there's some feedback or a question you have for one of us. We'll be more than happy to a a answer. I know, and I've had a few people comment about the uh, current delivery method for those uh, those podcasts or those broadcasts. I am working on a solution that'll make it a little more portable and easier to uh, to follow us or at least listen to the show. So uh, stick around for that. That'll do it for this show. And uh, like I said, make sure uh, <clears throat> you uh, keep your eyes on the Twitter there and we'll keep everybody apprised of what we'll do next time. So for Todd, I, here at the JLI Studios in Omaha, Nebraska, it's been a pleasure having you with us for the last hour. Have a good week. The other kind of radio. Talk. radio. The other kind of radio. The other